0: Welcome to sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Seatime. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Steven, are we live? Yes. You did not give me the countdown. You know how producers do the 5, four, three, We didn't two. get a countdown. Yeah, I like we, we didn't get a countdown. This. I just want everybody to know, welcome to Seat Time, everybody. It's Tuesday evening, episode 207. Steven did not give us a countdown. That is the episode title.
1: That is, that's a good episode Didn't. Title. We didn't, didn't get, get a countdown. We did not get a Steven, countdown. Steven, you are
0: always in my peripheral vision, so when you ever need to get my attention, you just flip me off, you wave, you anything... Yeah. No, no, no. This just makes me think I should start paying attention, which is what I did, which is why I looked... And then unfortunately, you didn't go. And then I would have been like, okay. Right? So next time. Next time. Should we do it again? I feel like we need to. Oh, do it we're do it live. Again. No, we can't.
1: Well, yeah. It's just what it's going I'll just have to come on again.
0: Yeah. We'll have you back. It's fine. So, everybody, welcome to Sea Time, the online show for the off road enthusiasts. Of course, we are the beer drinking, bench racing show that talks about all the fun moto stuff out there that most people don't care about. Or try to explain or have fun or whatever that kind of stuff is of course i am your host for this fine evening mr brian pierce you can find me on the internet at woody b pierce and all the fun bits out there social if you sal. but we have a fun guest here in studio again we're at creating in cahoots in mckinney texas check us out but what's fun about this is now we get to invite so many more people to our studio to come on the show so cheyenne Harmon, welcome to your first appearance on seat time
1: yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking. Absolutely. been been a while, you know. You've been around for, what, five years? Yeah,
0: about five years I've been when doing I was, this. When
1: I was doing off-road, so... Like back in the day. So, yeah, it's cool to be on here.
0: Yeah, man, and, and we've been, you and I have run into each other a couple times throughout the past year or two at different events. We've seen each other yep. and I'm like, man, you got to come on the show, and you've been yep. traveling, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about is how much more involved... At such a different level that you are within in the motorcycle community and riding in an arena cross and some of the supercross that you've done, so it's been neat to watch you from the couch, if you will. Um, and unfortunately, I, I'm the guy that uh, that 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 beer drinks and bench races way more than other people like to admit. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. So it's been really fun following you and kind of paying attention. And we I know we're gonna we're gonna get into that tonight. So, but I have to say before we just dive in number one thing that holy crap doing this thing like following this passion and this dream that you've learned in the sense that you would have never thought this thing was as difficult as it was like what's like one thing that just comes to your mind where you're like that'll blow people's mind of how interesting it is
1: well coming from off road and then going into arena cross and supercross that's the the big kind of thing where people kind of like Are surprised when i tell them i did off-road my whole life up until i was 16 and i'm 19 now so you know just the fact that i'm racing on tv and with the best guys in the world and have had jeff emig say my name on supercross uh it's pretty cool and it's definitely mind-blowing to think about it and i'm very blessed to get to do what i do and so yeah it's uh it's definitely something that's a dream come true but i still got a lot more i want to accomplish
0: oh gosh i can only imagine yeah you've 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 been at it, you've been hurt a couple of times, but you've been back up, you've been going at it. So yeah, I can only imagine that the goal is much higher. Uh, oh yeah, or the bar is set much higher for right now. But yeah, so it'll be good to kind of dive in. I'm really, really looking forward to that. But of course, seat time. You wear some interesting gear. And we're going to talk about that, too. But for for us, of course, here at Sea Time, we like fly racing. Fly racing has been with us for about four and a half of the five years that we've been doing this kind of stuff. And it is so much fun with those guys. So flyracing.com is where you can check out to learn more about the gear that they do sell. Or you can go to your local dealer, check them out, ask for fly racing, and purchase it either or. And either way, they're going to try to make sure that a local dealer does get your business. Of course, Kinda Tire, you can check them out at kindertire.com. Um, great in the off-road market because of the fact that they do make so many kind of those hybrid tires or more of those off-road specific kind of enduro crossy sticky tires if you will to go get those again local dealer man you can go check out the different brands or the different models that they have on their website but going to the local dealer is a better way to do it to make sure you support the sport at the local level and then srt off-road is a huge supporter this year c-time which we definitely appreciate that and that is a good way to protect your motorcycle. What I like is the fact that it seems that if you go in there and you look at the prices, you're like, man, this is so much cheaper. But the product's not cheaper. They just do a much better job making it at a much more efficient cost. Um, and again, it's something you can get at your local dealer, and you can support the sport and make sure that seat time sponsors are, are having fun and selling their products, and you're riding cool shit. And uh, we, we keep, I guess, being able to do this, right? Is that, is that kind of how it works? What he said. Yeah, that, that. Brian likes it
1: sticky. Oh. Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I a diff- that's a different subject. That is totally the Thursday
1: night show. That yeah. is definitely not Tuesday night. But today is Tuesday, so it could get we're going to save that.
0: Yeah, I know. All right, so we're going to have John Short on in a little bit, but I just wanted to talk about the fact that it's like where where was that inkling of change for you where you kind of like you kind of grew up doing a little bit of off-road in tech well no a lot of off-road in texas racing motorcycles and then all of a sudden you're going to try to start doing some more motocross some more supercross and arena cross you're kind of like that's totally a different trajectory
1: well how does that happen for you well obviously when you're a kid growing up you you watch supercross and all that on tv so you know you kind of always have your sights there i feel like that's pretty much every kid's dream is i want to race supercross and um so, you know, I raced off-road. I went pro when I was 13 years old, and I won my first pro championship when I was 14. And, you know, I won quite a few races. And, um, you know, when I was 16, I I was wanting to make this – what this is what I wanted to do for a living. And I knew off-road was –
0: It'd be a challenge in off-road.
1: It was going to be a little harder just because the market's not as big as yep. Supercross and Motocross. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, guys that I was – in the motocross world that were getting a lot of free stuff and I was able to run with those guys and I was still paying for gear. Right. So it was just kind of one of those things, you know, I was like, I, I want to try something a little different. And, um, I've just went and started doing motocross and did some arena cross and got my pro license. And then, you know, it just kind of took off from there. And, you know, I, I couldn't imagine it was really a dream come true. Just the fact that I even got the lineup on a supercross gate you know, coming from the off-road world, right. so yeah, it's really uh, it's really a, a big step and a, and a really cool thing. You know, I I, I think a lot of people were, were I think I've turned a lot of people's heads. Yeah, definitely. But I, like I said, I have a lot more I want to accomplish and uh, a lot a lot planned coming up. That'll be cool. I know for me, like I think I kind of always you have your dreams.
0: Just everybody does, you know. And I was like, man, that would be really cool to be able to be better. Better on a motorcycle, right, to where I could kind of – and not compete at this level. I know I could – that is that. That is a, a dream in itself. Right. It, but to at least, like, be, like, maybe more competitive in a motocross situation or maybe even be able to, quote, unquote, ride a supercross track. Um, but it's, like, it's some of those little things where, like, the jumping in itself is is a hindrance for me. I will – I can't do that. Um, whatever it is, whatever that weird block for me is, like, I just have such a weird issue when it comes to jumping. Uh, we we make fun of me all the time on the show because of it. But, I mean, was that ever a thing? Like, did you kind of, like, have to, quote-unquote, learn how to jump?
1: No, because I was – when I raced off, I always did motocross in between. Okay. Did motocross races, practice on motocross track. Um, there's a lot – there's a huge difference between a creek jump and a 75-foot supercross triple out of a corner. <laughs> definitely. Oh, <yeah. laughs> so, I mean, for me, it was just one of those things, you know, I just had to really just nut up and just kind of have to go do it. Make it happen? So, I mean, yeah, it was definitely um, – the biggest thing for me that I'm, I still kind of struggle with is the rhythm sections mm. and, and doing the big rhythms that the top guys are doing. Those, and and that's something a lot of guys struggle with. But, you know, it, it is something that I feel if I wouldn't have raced as much off-road and done more motocross growing up, I feel like I would be better at doing those rhythm sections and, and not be as timid on some of them. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that hurt me in an aspect. But then again, doing off-roads helped me with so much more you know, like you know whoop sections and standing up and right. and endurance, <clears throat> so you know it kind of has a give and take but um but yeah, the jumping part it never really bothered me. just you know you just kind of have to nut up and do it, especially the 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 triples that are out of the corners and uh-huh. they're scary they are scary i would i would definitely say that there's not one time i've hit a triple and back oh this is going to be fun (laughs) they're always scary
0: yeah uh it's funny like i think about you're talking about the rhythm sections and i wonder on that i remember racing you know bmx you know and there's there's a certain point where you start to get better at that and you kind of always see these jumps or these rhythm sections and you're, you you do not realize that some of these guys are situations where you manual and some of these situations are situations where you jump or you would double, or maybe you triple, you know, and this is before scrubbing. So like I can right. only imagine what scrubbing and BMX would look like now, but I'm sure those guys do it. But so when it comes to the rhythm jumps in, in the events that you're competing in, where do you feel that you're falling short? And by saying that, I mean, obviously, you're saying you're not doing what the top guys are doing, not not saying that I feel like you are falling short, right. but like, what are those little things that they that you think that they're doing that much better to make those rhythm sections that much faster for them?
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned BMX, because uh, maybe not a lot of people know, but I grew up racing BMX. Okay. I, I actually won the Grands uh, in the five-year-old expert class. Nice. So, yeah, I have a BMX background, and, and that helps me a little bit in the rhythm sections too with you know really soaking the bike up and staying low um you know it kind of just goes back to kind of nutting up and doing it okay you know the big you know there's a, the rhythms i don't know how many of y'all that are watching have actually looked at a supercross track by walking it or even just rolling around on it but there's a lot of precision and timing that goes into hitting the big rhythms as they've come out of corner and either triple or quad in and, and whatever it may be it's a lot of precision and timing and, and that's the scary part because when you're coming out of a corner you see four jumps ahead of you and you know that you need to jump for those and they might be 70 80 feet Whoa, to, to so the fourth big. one or the third one whatever it may be so it's definitely tricky and there's no room for error and that's the scary part so you know <clears throat> that's just something i got to work on with my confidence and just doing it but you know i still got some time and i got an off season um you know, I'm not planning on at the moment doing any outdoors. Uh, if the opportunity comes, I will be ready to do some. Right. But I'm planning on this this offseason working on my weaknesses that I struggled with, as in rhythm sections and stuff like that. So I can come out swinging next year. That'll be fantastic. Well,
0: cool. Well, I know that uh, uh, a good uh, friend of yours, the local Texan as well, John Short, was uh, wanted to – was, was willing to come on the show as well tonight so that you and, you, you and I and himself could kind of talk that Texas privateer uh, a, ability of you guys trying to make it. So let's go ahead, uh, Stephen, and let's call him in and see what's going on there. I know we're going to need to hear him. So we're going to totally transition in the most awkward way possible. Hello? Hey, what's going on, dude?
2: Oh, not a whole lot. How are you guys?
0: Oh, man, we are doing awesome. We're getting our headphones on and we're trying to hear as much as possible. So, uh Cheyenne and I were just talking about the fact of uh, how how troublesome it's been for me sometimes when I try to think, oh, my gosh, you know, again, not to go race supercross and maybe arena cross at the level that you guys do, but even just to be better at motocross or better, you know, the ability to ride a supercross track. What was jumping like for you? Like, was that something that just you got or didn't get?
2: ability if
0: you guys trying to make it so let's go ahead uh steven
2: let's call him and see
0: what's going on there somebody watching the show hey what's going on dude
2: hey john you yeah can you hear me
0: yeah we can also hear the show in the background it sounds like
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i was trying to get that going so i could see you guys he was like oh my god you guys are so pretty let's just wave at him hi yeah Cheyenne.
0: hi okay well now that we've yeah, got the, now that we've got the awkwardness over yeah. um yeah no so talk to me about what it was like to do some of the jumping that you had to figure that out because I feel like for me like he's saying Cheyenne's saying sometimes like nutting up's the biggest thing I mean like what was that like for you
2: uh, as far as you talking about Supercross, Arena Cross,
0: yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, or, yeah, from you've done a little bit of off-road racing as well in the past here in
1: Texas. Talking so, about like the triples and yeah, the rhythms and stuff, just like crazy ass shit.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, it took me years to work into that. I rode off-road, cross-country, local stuff growing up until I was thirteen or fourteen. So uh, that was a pretty big hurdle at first. Was getting comfortable jumping jumps, you know, triples and stuff and obviously working into supercross uh that becomes an issue at first but once once you uh you know, you, once you hit a supercross triple for the first time or you go through rhythm sections, I mean, they all kind of become the same and you know how to gauge them. So for now, you know, going to a supercross track, it's not that big of a deal. The biggest thing really is corner speed whoops. So um you know, but I guess the more you practice, you know, the The more routine that stuff becomes,
0: right? Uh, yeah. And that's the thing is, I've kind of wondered from you guys. It's been great to see you all come up, kind of in the off-road world, and see that. But then now, where you guys are now, and the public, you know, publicity you guys are getting, and what you're able to do on a motorcycle. Um, So, John, like, what do you think's been the hardest thing for you to really learn how to practice? Because as you were mentioning, like, it's such a different thing to practice for motocross and supercross than it would be for some of the stuff that you would have raced in the past, you know, in the off-road world.
2: Yeah, for, for me, the biggest deal is working on the racing itself. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I can, we all can ride motorcycles good, uh, but my weakness is more so uh, intensity and start and, and sprinting. You know, the guys who race moto supercross, they've got such a high level of intensity right out of the gate. Uh, and that's hard to practice you know during the week when you go ride and there's you and a couple other guys I mean you don't have the opportunity to really practice that close quarters racing all the time so for me to stay on the gate as much as possible and if I have a day where there's five or six of my buddies you know let's line up and do some sprint races and uh, really work on battling you know banging bars taking each other out if we need to or whatever that kind of stuff
1: right And I agree with John there. I'm not really that great of a practicer. I'm I'm more of a racer. I I get better racing every weekend than I do going and practicing two or three days during the week. So yeah, definitely, I agree with him there. The more you race, the better you get at it. Yeah,
0: and this is interesting. You know, we've they've they've had that huge discussion a lot on the Pulpomex show and and uh, DMX. That's even as much about you know do you do you ride your dirt bike to practice to race or do you do all the cross training and all the other stuff you know and, and it's interesting to, to to listen to all the different uh, avenues but it sounds like for you guys it probably it's like you know where your weaknesses are and those are ways you're only going to fix those on the bike right um so yeah um john you, you just said you're getting ready for glenn helen you're getting ready to go do some motocross you know i mean how's the year looking for you going outdoors
2: uh it's good. Hopefully it ends up working out good. Uh I've got a little bit of confidence coming in cuz I uh I've got, you know, 6 or 7 outdoor nationals under my belt. So uh we're leaving for Hangtown tomorrow. I've definitely put in the work and uh I've got high expectations, you know, hope I hope to be there, you know, top 15 coming into, you know, the outdoor season. So I know my fitness is there. Hopefully uh my sprints good, my starts are good, and I think I'll do all right.
0: Yeah. Well, are you uh, on a Yamaha still for outdoors?
2: Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, I'll be racing the 450 class once again. Um, Planning on doing all 12 rounds. Uh, You know, I've just got myself and a good group of guys that are helping me out, and we're traveling to the races together in a truck and a trailer. So uh, looking to do it on a a little more low-key than most of the other guys, but uh, we want to get it done.
0: Oh, for sure. And... Explain to somebody like me, again, who's a little, you know, it's like, I'm a motocross enthusiast, don't race it, love off-road kind of thing. Like, why does someone like yourself, who's in a privateer status, who's kind of trying to, who I think is doing a really good job, starting to get their name out there and kind of, if you will, crawl up the privateer ladder, go into the 450 class versus the 250 class for outdoors?
2: Well, for for outdoor nationals, anyway, um, it, it costs so much money for one to build a competitive 250 almost impossible okay um and, and to maintain that because you you, you got to rebuild the thing every you know other weekend nearly or every three right races so it's just so much money you can go buy a stock 450 put a pipe on it get the suspension dialed in and you've got a race bike that'll last all summer so it's more of a budget thing than anything
0: that's interesting that would again like kind of having never thought about oh i'm gonna go race you know the outdoor nationals like what do i need to be ready and it's a bike that would yeah. be budget conscious because I know I don't have a crap ton of money to throw around, so that's really interesting. Um, so, w- were there any chances for you talking to teams to possibly be maybe riding on a two fifty or for four fifties? Uh,
2: really, not a whole lot because I didn't have the greatest showing in Supercross. Uh, I didn't do as well as I'd hoped. So, for for me, I just I didn't even really think about getting a ride because any of the rides i'd really want you know they're all filled up so um i'm happy with the group of guys i've got helping me and uh i think we've got a pretty good bike so i just want to go give it the best i do the best i can do with what i've got pretty much
0: yeah well uh okay switching gears a little bit back to supercross and some of the other kind of like up and comings of 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 what it takes to to do this because it really does I wouldn't say baffles me, because I know that so many people go through it, but it, uh, it intrigues me because I know it's something that I could not accomplish. Um, so we were talking to Cheyenne a little bit about some of those things that just really, really kind of caught him off guard, and then one of the big ones was the jumping, like and like holy crap, you just got to nut up and do it. Um, so with the rhythm sections you're talking about and the corner speed and things like that, is there anything just on the track? that just totally surprised you of either a how difficult it was or maybe how easy it was from what you'd seen on tv you know your whole life watching all these other guys do it
2: well well, obviously everything's way more intimidating in in first person you know being down there on the floor versus even being in the seats um, but once, once you're kind of past that it's more so okay you put in a fast lap you feel like it was who, no one's gonna beat that but it, Pretty much the speed of all the other guys that kind of catches caught me off guard at first because I really felt like I was I really felt like I was going fast moving you know and um, those guys were that much quicker so just like I said their intensity and their speed it kind of caught me off guard not so much the tracks but right. it, it opened my eyes interesting what those guys are capable of
0: right and uh, now Cheyenne to like take that to arena cross like. How is that? How does that relate to arena cross? Is, was it kind of the same idea? Like in there, like I mean, are those like even though the tracks are tighter and small, like shorter in length, I mean, I would imagine it's still just as intense, and those guys are still going just as fast.
1: Yeah, it's definitely everybody's going really fast in there, <clears throat> and it, it definitely definitely does not get the credit that it's it deserves. Right. I mean, you could take some of the top guys right now in our sport and put them in a arena cross race, and they may not win. I mean, the intensity level is so high there, um, you know, from the start to the finish, you know, everybody is very close because the track's so tight. Right. So that's one big thing, um, you know, everybody's full intensity the whole time. And even in Supercross, you know, it's it's close, but Arena cross, since the track's so much shorter, there's less gap in between first and third compared to Supercross, you know, sometimes they get a gap in there first third fifth sixth whatever it may be where an arena cross you could throw a blank over first and sixth at times you know what i mean so um as far as the arena cross tracks go they're like you said they are shorter um but the whoops are huge we've had whoops where i when i walk through them on track walk they come up to my hip
0: they're, like, almost more dangerous to walk through. Than <laughs> almost more
1: dangerous. Da- <laughs> well, actually, during track walk, this lady was carrying a baby Uh-oh. and was trying to get across one and slipped. She saved the baby. I don't know how she did it. It was amazing. That's because
0: I- at that point you just go, that's my, that's, that's my goal in life, is to not kill this child in the whoops.
1: Yes. So uh, that, gave me, that gave me hope for the day that if she could save that, I could probably go fast through the whoops. And I actually wind up winning that night. So, I like it. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it's – it's definitely crazy, you know. It doesn't get the, the respect it deserves. Arena Cross doesn't at least. And, right. um But, yeah, it, it, the intensity level and, and the speed, I mean, everybody's going really fast.
0: Yeah, it looks like And, it and it's TV. just
1: like John said, you know, you can go put in a fast lap, and you're like, oh, man, that's that's going to be top, top, top five, top three. You're going to be one of the fastest, and you look up on the board, and you're sitting 12th or 13th, and you're like, man, that was a fast lap. How'd those guys beat it? And it's just so close, and there's so many little things <laughs> – that separate separate us you know i mean there was one round where first through 15th had 0.5 seconds separating us right and i mean that's that's close that's half a half a wheel length you know so it's definitely uh it's definitely intense
0: uh john have you ever saved a baby in the whoops excuse me have you ever <laughs> saved a baby in the whoops
2: no i can't say that i have oh man well, whoever that saint lady saint. is, okay. she's a,
1: she's a saint. It was one for the Snapchat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, John, John, do you, are you on Snapchat, John? Uh, I am. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, Cheyenne asked me, he goes, is it okay if I like snap during the show? And I was like, well, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. But I just thought it was interesting. I was like, I don't know. Like I was like somebody's taking gonna, it to new levels. Yeah. Like this is, let's get weird, I guess. I just feel like whenever I hear Snapchat, yeah. I just feel like I should be naked
1: because that's Speaking, like... You know, I don't mind weird. getting weird. I, I don't mind at all. <laughs> Me and John lived in a van last summer racing outdoor nationals together for two months. Dude, okay. With Stinky so, Pete. All right, so Drake it down,
0: got a little John, weird sometimes. How awesome that experience was for you outdoors he living loved in a van it. with
1: sweaty dudes. We became best friends pretty It, quick. it
2: was an experience. Uh, I wouldn't do it again. I can't say that I would, but... Hey, yeah. we we
1: had, we uh, had good once times. He was... We had good times. We had good times,
2: but, you know. My feelings it was a are a little hurt. too close. Man, too many men in one van if that. If that
1: My feelings makes are. Sense. Hurt.
0: Too many men okay, in one so, van. How old are you guys? You guys yeah. are like 18 and 19. You
2: okay. guys barely got all
0: your pubic hair. Oh.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, would You're you. Like, d- I got another one, guys. I got another one.
1: <laughs> w- would you do it with me or with stinky pete not being there
0: what? yeah if you had to choose one for this year would it be cheyenne or stinky pete
2: <laughs> uh it wouldn't be stinky pete It'd be, i'd rather go with cheyenne than stinky pete but uh you go with
0: not stinky yeah. cheyenne or not as stinky yeah cheyenne. <laughs> at, at least at
2: least his, his buddy jp stayed with it. at least he showered so <laughs> that was the plus cheyenne i, I lacked, only didn't shower
1: when it was 70 some, degrees uh, outside man. And we had a water hose. Seventy degrees and water hose don't mix well with me because that—that's cold. It is.
0: It is. Yeah. Because if that's not like if that's not heated water, meaning it's hotter than the temperature, it's cold. It's cold. And and I, every, I, you get like I grape don't like smuggling
1: shrinkage. I don't and Nobody like doing, enjoys that. I don't like doing cold water. I'm not a fan of it. No, I agree. I agree. John <laughs> had no problem doing it, but I mean, he's 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 got some some things wrong with him. Don't we all? He's. Well
0: say not mention them John, all John how old I how can. tall are you, John? Excuse me? How tall are you? He's kinda short. Uh five Get seven. So you're
2: five I'm seven, seven and your
0: name's John Short.
2: Yeah. I've I've heard some jokes. I have.
0: I mean I don't even need to say one. I mean it's just like you're no, five yeah. seven and your name's John Short. It's like
2: Whoa. Yep, I've I've heard a lot of jokes, so <laughs> that's like that's nothing. Nice that
0: up <laughs> yeah it happens to the it happens to the worst of it so going into the outdoor season this year like what are goals what do you kind of what do you want to accomplish i mean you're going to be on a 450 you're going to be racing some badass dudes you're going to be going to try to make a little bit of money and have fun and then potentially show things off to people i mean that's but what are your personal goals? yeah
2: my personal goals i mean i, I did okay in a few motos last year i scored points in most of the rounds but um my goal is I want I want to score points every moto. I feel like that's a, a reasonable goal and have some top fifteen, close to top ten rides. You know, depending on the tracks and stuff. Um, I'm not really going just for fun. You know, I, I work really hard at this, so it's it's fun. But at, at the same time, I want to I want to do better than I did the weekend before. It's it's you know it's more like a job to me. So it's fun, but I've got expectations and goals I want to you know reach
0: so right i just thought of something this would be really interesting okay most interesting bike setup i don't know if tip or most interesting bike setup thing that you've learned like while racing motocross and supercross that you would have never thought of that you would have been you know back kind of in the off-road days and we'll start with you john but i think you probably have one too well
2: back when i raced off-road i didn't get suspension done. I had different bars on my bike. Oh, no. ...and ride. So, so for me, just how crucial suspension is, for one, you know, getting the right suspension set-ups, and uh, I'm learning a lot about, you know, uh, different offsets on the clamps and sag, and uh, just really fine-tuning and making the bike handle more than anything. Right. We don't do a whole lot of motor motor stuff, but...
0: That's when it gets super uh, expensive, right? I mean, like when you start getting into the yeah, motor Yeah,
1: like and less dependable.
2: Well, and every, everybody, you know, oh, they want a pipe and they want motor work. For me, the biggest deal is get good suspension and you'll go a lot faster. It'll take you a lot further than a pipe or motor work will.
1: Interesting. That's good. Okay, Cheyenne? Yeah, I got to agree with him. Definitely suspension and just the fine-tuning of stuff. Um, you know, growing up, my dad was always really involved with getting my bike set up, but... When I kind of went and started doing a lot of stuff on my own, I ran stock suspension a lot of times and compared to riding stock suspension to good suspension, I mean it makes a world of difference. I mean it literally is seconds a lap faster you can run with a better better setup on your bike suspension and chassis wise. So yeah, I agree with, with John there and, and tire selections obviously very good for different types of dirt. Interesting.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, you hear a lot about suspension. So, all right, John, I know that you're getting ready to head to Hangtown. You've got things to finish up. So go ahead and kind of, you know, like let us know what is coming up. You're going to be doing Hangtown. You're going to try to make it to all the races and have fun out there. You're going to get to the top 20, make points at every round, potentially make some money if you can make the top 10 uh, or in that 10 to 15. That would be balls out for you and and, and good times. Um yeah i think that's those are those are some reasonable goals
1: yeah he can do it scary but well, reasonable la- last year he uh yeah. he had a few good rides where i thought he was going to get in the top 10 and wind up making a little mistake so i think he's learned from that and i definitely definitely don't expect anything less than top 20s and top 15s out of him and uh, i i expect to see him up there for sure sweet what do you think about that john well
2: i'm, I'm excited hopefully hopefully my buddy cheyenne can make it out to some rounds and race with us and have a good time. Um, but before I go, I would like to, you know, obviously thank some guys that have helped me out. I'd like to shout out, uh, NTX Off Offroad and Mark Weeks for coming on board and helping out on my program. And the McWhorter brothers, ZimX track, Lewis long racing, fly 100% recluse, justified cultures, Jim Lewis at merge for always helping me out with my bike set up and Bo Boynton fit and wise sports performance. Um, jpb coach works for helping us get our setup dialed for traveling with the trailer and just everybody's helped me out i appreciate it and can't wait to go racing
0: i love it dude well it sounds like you've got a great crew behind you mark weeks at ntx Off road is a great dude we did his logo so if you need logos we can help you out with logos but at the same time i like the fact Aww. that you're with fly uh... what fly gear are you gonna be running this weekend
2: I will be running their new vented stuff, their spring vented stuff. Uh, I've got the red, white, and blue stuff, it looks like, for the weekend, and also um, the orange and black and blue, I believe. Ooh. So that will be my setup, and I'll be wearing a kind of a neon yellow blue Justified Cultures fly racing helmet. Awesome. So it'll be looking good.
0: I like it, dude. Yeah, uh, Cheyenne is going to talk to us a little bit about Justified. He was going to mention that they're a clothing brand that helps both of you guys out. And obviously, just you know, uh, with seat time, we want to make sure that we support the people that are supporting people in the sport. It's not like we're just trying to do this for our own sponsors kind of a thing. So we'll definitely be talking about yeah, that. Well, dude, do, travel selfish. safe. Ride hard on that 450. I know it's going to be tough. And definitely just reach out when you get done <laughs> and let us know how the weekend goes because you know, we're we're interested. You're a Texan and you're you're badass and you're way better on a dirt bike than we are. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I mean, on. Absolutely, dude. Travel safe. We'll chat soon.
1: Love you.
2: Sounds good. Yeah, love you. you.
1: Bye. Bye. I don't, See I don't get one back. I don't do a love you back. Not
2: yet. No, not this. I don't not, not air. All right,
1: I'll call you later. <laughs> All right,
0: bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, am I missing out on bromancing right now?" I was like,
1: "We we have a bromance." He I'm, just doesn't like to admit it. He's he's kind of I shy might about need it. Need to get involved. He's shy about it.
0: That's okay. I have quite a few bromances. Like honestly, like Stephen doesn't even want to admit to the fact of how of how much fun we have together. As I have some bromances
1: with some other men too. It
0: happens. We all have good friends. I think I want to talk to. About some of the stuff that goes on, as a privateer, you're you're out there you're putting your money, your parents' money, other people's money, you know, all that kinds of stuff involved into the sport to support you, right? But then you've been hurt before, right? And, and you oh, yeah. that's taken away obviously from the chances to then make money, to then start paying people back, or then potentially to to move yourself forward in the ranks, right? Yeah. So what is what is that kind of like for somebody? You know in that private in the privateer ranks when when an injury kind of takes them away from being able to compete
1: well i mean i guess the best way to put it is if you you work a regular job and you get hurt and you can't work and not make money mm-hmm. you know this is how i make my money and uh actually during the arena cross season i guess we're about a month month and a half ago uh before before tacoma washington um i was nine points out of the lead for the west coast title and just practicing and had a, a freak practice crash and hit my head really hard and um, Wind up not getting a race because of a concussion and mm-hmm. missing three, three, three nights of racing. And ultimately, you know, three nights of racing was two weeks. And being off the bike for three weeks, you know, trying to go to Vegas and race for me was, was tough because when you're off the bike at our level for – Two to three weeks, you lose a lot. Mm -hmm. So my fitness definitely struggled, and and to race at the level we're at, you got to be you got to be on your marks every time you get on the track. Performance every. If not, you you're not going to go perform well, and you know definitely injuries. There, that's that's a crappy part of the sport is getting those setbacks. You know, especially the season I had was so much building up, and then have that one crash kind of tear it all down, and you know now I'm having to rebuild my fitness and everything to get back to, to where I was. So, yeah, the, the injuries are the crappy part of the sport for right. sure. Those are never fun. Yeah. I don't like but it. But then
0: the other side of the spectrum, of course, is is the winning aspect of it. And that is – I don't – it's tough. I, and I've had my fair share of wins in, obviously, my level of the things that I've done. But uh, it, it's, it's strangely gratifying. Uh, it, it, there's just something to – that feeling of, like, holy shit, I did it, you know? Like, that thing that you were you were chasing, and you're like, I caught it, and I got it, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, so, you know, to that respect, like, what's that like when you're on the podium at an arena cross standing up there, you know, on first place? Like, holy shit, I'm here. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah, it was... It was almost surreal. It still kind of feels surreal, just, just like making the main event, my very first Supercross. I mean, I still almost feel like that never happened. Sometimes I have to go re-watch the videos and make sure that was real and not a dream. Right. But no, it, to, to win that race was really cool, because last year was a really bad year for me. I have nothing to show for last year but injuries and bike problems and just things not going my way. And you know, 10 days before the season started this year, I, I didn't have a bike. Right. And I didn't even know if I was going to race. So to to start the season off finishing the first round in 18th to I think that was round 10 or 11 and I won. I mean, that was just something really cool for me to to build up to that. And, you know, it was a lot of hard work and so many people involved this year in helping me out just to, to go racing. And I'm forever grateful for that. But to win was it, it was like you said, once you got it, it's kind of like you almost didn't know what to do with it. And and it, the the crappy part of the sport is you win and you know it's great and you're on high for however long but you know the next weekend people forget and somebody else wants to win and you want to win again and so that's that's the tough part is to back it up and you know the next I won on a Friday night in Ontario and the next night I, I wound up getting second and you know it was one of those things like you said it was just I won Friday night and I wanted to go win Saturday night and I didn't so. You know, on Saturday night, everybody was thinking about the other guy who won. Right. And you kind of, you kind of get forgot about. So that's something that I definitely want to work on for next year is being up there more consistently. And But, yeah, it was great, man, to, to be up there on that level and on the podium. And it's something you dream of. But, like I said, you know, I don't want to stop. I definitely want more. Yeah. Um
0: in, in the discussion too, where John was talking about some of the testing that he's been doing and how he's kind of like really started to dial in suspension, and he's even getting to the point where changing triple clamps, checking different bars, things like—I mean, like those those become very minute changes, but they become changes that can really make a big difference in the long run of how the bike and the chassis feel in these different right. scenarios. How often is it that you go practice? You know, you're, you're uh, and this is for the race. You're you're at the event. And you would maybe go back and and change bars or change triple clamps or change larger parts of the bike because of the way that the track is either, I guess, built or developing? How often is that a thing? So. Well,
1: for me, I, I try not to make too many changes. I try to ride the bike that I have because you can make a change in between night sh- practice and the night show, and it might be worse, and you're out in a heat race hating your bike. and That's So I, I try not – to make too many changes, and like I said, I I didn't get a bike. I didn't ride my bike, but twice before the season started. So and
0: I uh, had tell us about your deal then, because I know that that was a, a big th- a big thing for that to come up. You know, at yeah, the end of the year and everything.
1: Well, Ty Howard at KTM um, definitely stepped up and got me a deal with uh, the Skip Cycle crew up in Wichita Falls, and I had a, one of my buddies, Chad, uh, step up to the plate at the time and was willing to help me go racing and, and help me out to get get my season started and you know so i'm very forever grateful for that definitely but you know i had no testing going in the season i mean we literally got the bike put the parts Were on you it. you want a
0: ktm before you got onto that ktm
1: i was riding anything i kept my hands on before right. then uh, my so, buddy jeff long had a suzuki 450 he was letting me ride quite right. a bit and
0: well, that makes it that much more difficult too i'd imagine kind of even though you've ridden all the bikes it's still when you're like oh i'm focusing on this one to race on now it's like well crap i haven't focused on this bike as a race bike you know and
1: that's something i've always been pretty good at is adapting to whatever i need to ride i mean i've had instances where i've spur of the moment i had to jump on another bike and race it and i've just had to go and you know it's, it's not rocket science it's dirt bikes and you this just true. you just get on it and ride it and and r- ride like you have, know how and you you kind of adapt to the bike but it definitely makes it a lot easier when you've had consistent time on a bike and you're comfortable with it and you know, that's part of the reason I think my season started off a little slow. I didn't I didn't have no testing, no preparation on that bike. Like I said, I rode it twice, and then I loaded up and drove to Ohio for the first round. <laughs> so, the, right. you know, it was just kind of one of those things. Um, I had a base setting of what I know I like. I know what bars I like to run. Um, I know what tires I like to run. Um, as far as gearing goes, I just kind of called some people and asked them what they thought, and I just kind of went off that and ran it, and, you know, it worked out, and, uh, as far as suspension goes, you know, I had uh, got my suspension done and uh, halfway, I think it was after Colorado, I wound up having Race Tech get it tuned up a little better for me. Um, I think I made one click change on it and ran it like that for the rest of the season. And nice. So, yeah, like I said, at the races, I try not to mess with it too much. If it's something really bad or something I can change and ride before the night show um, comfortably, where you know, like say my first practice, is I always try to put on my fast times. So my second practice is I can think about okay, I can put this section together a little better, or if I need to make a bike change, I can focus on that more. So if I couldn't practice on it, I didn't race on it. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think
0: what's probably one of the weirdest things, and I don't know if you've even had this chance yet. Obviously, being kind of more in the privateer status, but like, what's one of the weird things that you've changed on the bike? Or like
1: had a chance to
0: try something that you didn't think would make that much of a difference.
1: Um, you know that's hard to say. Um, you know like something a lot of people might think of as the mapping on the bike, right? I, and that, I,
0: that's kind of where my head was at. But I at the ran same time, I ran like, a
1: Vortex Ignition, and and there's there's different little settings you can try in there, and and making one click can make a little change, and you know just kind of like John said, the suspension and chassis setup, you know, I was pretty familiar with, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of fine tuning that can go into it, and. Um, there's nothing so far that's really surprised me out of the box. That's like, oh wow, I would have never thought of doing that. It's pretty much stuff that you know I've raced my whole life. So that stuff you've done. But it's stuff not I've done and level, seen before, yeah. you know. But now things are getting better, and you know, being at a, a bigger level, you know, you can get a little better part sometimes. And um, so, you know, the biggest thing for me is getting, like John said, getting a good suspension set up, getting the suspension comfortable where you can ride it fast. You know, I I rode a stock 250F all year. I put a pipe suspension and that the vortex box on it, and I ran it. But I was comfortable on it, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, if you it's not what you ride, it's what you ride well. Mm. So if you ride well, better, if like you that. if you ride better on a a stock motor, then you do a mod motor. Ride the stock motor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna just get rid of all of my professional equipment now. <laughs> I don't need it at all. Uh, So really quick, though, before we get out of here uh, and kind of start to wrap things up a little bit, I wanted to talk about, obviously, some of the buzz that's been going on, the dirt buzz. You can find all this stuff on Monday mornings on dirtbuzz.com. So what our friend Dale Spangler does is he goes through and finds all the results from the off-road races and reaches out to different people. And gets them in one fun place for everybody to kind of see. Um, this past weekend, we did have round three of the National and Hound, uh, Little Zahara OHV in Jericho, Utah. Jacob Argubright got first, Ricky Brabeck in second, and Axel Pearson in third. So Jacob Argubright was actually leading majority of round two, drowned his bike out in a creek crossing, like literally like a handful of miles from the finish. Like could see it, but drowned his bike out in the creek. And That's this time he gets a little bit of redemption. And apparently him and Ricky Brayback were actually kind of going back and forth throughout the day. But then Ricky got the lead and thought, you know, oh, okay, I'm in a good position. I can take the lead. Went into lap three and actually wound up missing the turn off because of lap one and like loop one and loop three were followed each other for a little bit, but then split and wound up missing that split and that gave Argy a chance to catch back up and then make the pass and then take the win.
1: Yeah. Don't have that problem motocross.
0: No. You know which way's left and you know which way's right. Yeah.
1: But no, I use race off-road, so I I know it's that I I had a few races where I missed a turn. It can happen. It's it can happen. So don't feel bad. Yeah.
0: Um Grand National Cross Country, the GNCC, this past weekend round 6 was the Limestone 600 in Indiana. Uh we got Caleb Russell in first again, fourth in a row. And I don't say that in a negative way. It's just like Kinda, He's dominant. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You got that right. Josh Strang in second and Thad Duvall in third. The thing that was crazy about this one is something we don't see too too often is literally last, the, the pass. Caleb Russell made the pass on Josh Strang like, in the last couple turns.
1: That's the most disappointing. That's so, disappointing. And not just in a racer aspect. Oh, I mean, you lead the yeah. whole race in the last two corners you get past i mean yeah it's a kick in the nuts So like, you. yeah
0: it's like uh, i know like watching uh, racer productions racer tv's production throughout the day i kind of was tuning in a little bit here and there you know okay the russell's in the lead we got this you know just strange in the lead this and so and then i was like checking instagram and i was like holy shit like he made <laughs> that last like like la- essentially a last second pass kind of a yeah. thing like uh yeah that's gotta just like you're like Ugh.
1: Let me tell you, I have a lot of respect for those guys that do GNCC. And I mean, I've, I've raced supercross and arena cross and raced some of the gnarliest tracks. And I did one GNCC at Loretta Lens uh, back when I was riding for Team Faith in the XC2 class. I'll probably never do one again. It was the <laughs> three most. Three hours m- of gnarly ass shit. Three hours on a dirt bike to me is just too long. I mean, it was three hours of ass whipping. And I got a flat tire every lap, too, so that didn't make it any more fun. Right. But, I mean, those tracks, I mean, it's not a smooth trail. I mean, those trails are beat and rough. There's mud, there's rocks, and there's a lot of people. So a lot of respect to those guys because I i do don't—I did not enjoy the GNCC I did. And I do not <laughs> see myself going back in the future. Well, so yeah, respect it's, to it's, those it's, guys. It's
0: crazy to see Ryan Sipes having done it and still, like, I mean, kind of enjoying it. I mean, obviously he's done it now for this is his third year into it, so...
1: I enjoy off road racing. Um, just three hours of just not GNCC. Just three racing. hours of gnarliness. I don't. I did not enjoy it. I can understand that. I did two hours
0: and I. I did the sportsman class <laughs> and I was enough. Yeah. I don't need that extra hour. Yeah. That hour. Yeah. Uh, XC2, Trevor Bollinger getting the win again, so the dude's just on rails right now, kicking butt, so that's awesome to see. We saw in the women's class, though, again, let's look, Casey Martinez in seventh, so I didn't get a chance to reach out to her like I did last time.
1: Snapchat. This is this is a mid-show Snapchat. Mid-show we are making Snapchat. history here right now, just so y'all that's know. never happened before. All right.
0: Okay, continue, onwards. continue Uh on. So, Brooke Costner getting first place, Taylor Jones in second, and Becca Sheets in third. Uh, so, Casey Martinez in seventh. It's interesting. I've got to reach out and see what's going on there. Caleb Russell is starting to stretch his points lead um, over Josh Strang. Um, I don't want... Uh, it's tough. I don't want to say I don't want to see Caleb Russell win because that's not true. I don't have favorites in this. I just... I don't want him to dominate like he's doing. That, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. If there's a way to feel about it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, right. I, I agree. I mean, everybody wants to see somebody else win and make it interesting, but especially when it's that close. Like, but oh. but I tell you this from from racing on the professional side. For us, you know, we know what it takes to to go to that level mm-hmm. and, and the work you got to put in. So, you know, a lot of respect to him because you know he's not. He's not winning those races by coincidence. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, no. So, you know, it's I, for for the fan side I, I see the point of oh, I wanna see somebody else win, but you also gotta respect that guy because if he is out there winning that much as let's, let's take Dungey for example in yeah. Supercross. Podiumed, I think every race except for one,
0: yeah, probably
1: so sounds, sounds I mean smart. you get, you get, you can't help but not respect that, and you know like I said, everybody likes to see somebody else win, but you also have to respect the work that they're putting in to, yeah. to, to win those races. It's interesting, remind
0: me, we'll get done with the dirt buzz, and we'll talk about the points that you just kind of brought up because that yes. brings us into the chase. Yes, which will be a great discussion course um, it will be magic. J-Day, round four, happened this past weekend in New Hampshire, which is more north of Boston. Hampshire. Um, New Hampshire. Kyle Hangus, he got the first. Jason Connell got second. And then Cannon DeSano, he got third at the J-Day.
1: He was in like third?
0: dead. He was in third. Third. dead. I, I feel like I almost, almost, I was really close, but you really were, at the same time far off from you having were, you were Christopher Walken.
1: You we were close. Accent. You weren't quite there. Yeah,
0: it wasn't good, but you at the same had the time, It wasn't bad. You had the idea. I almost knew what I was doing. He hearing. almost. It just he sounds like the rest of my life.
1: About 80% there.
0: <laughs> the East Coast Enduro Association, they had their Sahara, Han- Sahara Sands, New Jersey. Um, the was the Stump Jumper. So it was round three of their setup. Stump Jumper. Kyle McDonald in first. William Schoenberg in second. And Jake Imps in third. And then, of course, we go to the Southeast Cross Country Association, round seven. Cornerstone, Gardendale, Alabama. Woo! Uh, first place, Cary Steele. Second, K- Tyler Carter. And third, Adam Barr. That is very strange. I actually have a friend, Adam Barr, spelled exactly the same in Austin.
1: Can I just go back that to the Stump Jumper? Not him. The Stump Jumper. That's, yeah. a, that's a name. Yeah, you know, he you hear Creek Jumper, Pond Jumper. I've never heard Stump Jumper. I'm going to have to start using that one. Stump Jumper? The only two.
0: reason I know that is from mountain biking because that's the name of a mountain bike that Specialized makes.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Maybe
0: you should go buy that mountain bike.
1: Maybe somebody should sponsor. him. is sponsor. I like it. I have. That's I have, the way I have we,
0: advertising make, room. Logos. we make it happen. Make Logos it. everywhere. Yeah, his banana hammock is not very. It's, it's huge. It covers so much area, so you could totally put some more patches on it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep. Uh, Virginia Championship Hair Scramble The VCHSS Round 5 Harleywood In Bristol Virginia Steven Edmondson Got 1st Jason Greer In 2nd And Ethan Ficklin Fick How would you say that Ficklin 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 Ethan Ficklin In 3rd Last 1 From the Dirt Buzz Which is at com, Is the Netro Championship Hair Scramble Round 3 Fish House New York
1: Fish House New York Is that a town? Is that a real town? I, maybe it's just a house. Fish I think house. it's a place. I wonder if they have good seafood.
0: If they don't, they...
1: If <laughs> <laughs> they don't have good seafood, they need to rename yeah. that town. Yeah, it's a little off. But but when you when you get to the, the Blackfly Fish House, so that not, that just kind of throws it off. I know, you're like, I don't know, why are there so many dashes in your name? Blackfly Fish House, like, where are we at? Are we
0: fly fishing? What are we doing here? Yeah. Are we eating?
1: It's interesting. I, I might have, have to Google this later.
0: All right. So first place, John Kelly, Nick Marty in second, and then of course Jim Seneca. How would you say that? Cynicala. Cynical. Cynical. Is that it? Cynical. Cynical?
1: cynical. cynical. I know. Cynical? That's why I was like, I want to say
0: cynical, but
1: cynical. Cynical.
0: How would I screw that guy's name up even more? I don't know. All right. Well, congratulations. But they got the idea. To everybody that placed and then got their results put on DirtBuzz.com, you are awesome. Thank you for doing it. Let's talk Chase. That's an interesting discussion. So now that you've been involved in a series that has had Chase, how do you feel about it? And if the rumors are true and it is coming to Supercross next year, how do you feel about that?
1: I think it will be good for the fans. It will definitely make it more interesting. far as from the racer side, for guys who <clears throat> have worked so hard to, to be up front in the championship for the whole season – and let's say, you know, in cross they, they already do that. In the last five rounds, they reset the points in the top ten. And, and let's say there's a guy who has an 80-point lead who's worked his way to be a champion. Well, they reset those points, and it throws everything off. Mm-hmm. And it, but it is cool because you might have a guy who started off the season slow and has worked his way up and now is, is running races and running up front. So, I don't know. It makes it interesting. It, it kind of sucks for the racers in a way because, let's say, Dungey, for an example, worked his way to be a champion this year. He had a huge points lead. Right. If they were to reset those points at the last five races, he might not be the champion right now.
0: And how did it, in, uh, in Arena Cross, when they reset the points? Is it like the person that's in first still has more points than the person in second and more – like do they still – do they get like 10 points, 9 points, 8 points, 7 points? I mean like how do they do I it? think it's
1: – I think it's the first gets five. And I think it goes five, four, three, two, one. And then then every, then the, I think fifth or tenth just get one point. So whoever was leading the points still continues to lead the points by, by one point. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it's still tenth to first is only a five point gap, which is a is a lot, but not a lot, right? You know, compared if, to if
0: nothing else, I would like a variation of that, you know, where it's like, okay, we're going to reset the points. We've got twenty guys, right? And if we we take first, and first has twenty points, and then twentieth gets one, right? You know, you just literally just down the down the gamut, and then. Then it's a, It'll
1: mean, make things more interesting. Uh, I mean, I have heard rumors of them doing it in Supercross too. <clears throat> I don't think they'll do it in the Lights class. There's just not enough. Right. Of, there's not enough races for them to do it for the Lights riders. So it'd only be a thing you see in the 450 class. Um, it would definitely be very interesting. Um, far as if they will go through with it or not, I don't know. Yeah, here, here a lot of teams are going to have a lot of say in this. Teams have a lot of say in in this industry. So. Um, if it's something the teams want, I believe it'll happen. If the teams are against it, I don't see it happening. I, I'm, I'm
0: for it in the sense that I think it's going to add another I dynamic. I think everybody to but KTM sport.
1: will be before it. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: they're like, ah, well, I don't know. They just, they're just they going to win anyway. Uh, I, I mean, I'm before it because of the fact that I think it adds another dynamic to the event. Like to the series of everything that's going on, because you really do start to check out at the end if somebody's running away with it.
1: Yeah, you no, just ab- do. Ab- absolutely. I so, agree. You know, it, you kind of lose, you know, everybody's I, all sparked I think up about.
0: Everybody would check out. Like, I think the racers can check out if they're starting to kind of like get to that point where they're like, well, I'm fucking 80 points behind. What's the point? You know, like, I, I mean, again, I'm making assumptions. I'm not the guy at the line, but.
1: Well, no matter if you're. 100 points behind or 100 points ahead every time you're on the gate, you still want to go do your best and, and win, whatever it may be. So, I mean, it does get – I won't lie and say it doesn't get discouraging if you're 80 points back, but you're still on that gate. You're still there to do a your job. You're right. still going to want to go win. The fans are what's I feel are going to get the bigger kick out of it because, like you said, when Anaheim on one comes around, what is your feet of? Anaheim one, Anaheim one, Anaheim one. Right. When you get to Santa Clara Supercross, which is fourth race from the end, I think. Yeah. How many posts do you see people right. watching it? You know, everybody's kind of like, oh, Dungy's going to win or this guy's going to win, whatever it may be. So if they did do that, I think it would spark up more interest towards the end. Um, and I think too, <laughs>
0: like, and I, I get how it may not be awesome for the racers. Right. But it, I don't think it's horrible, which is is good in itself. It's not but horrible. But what it could be is if, say, say there's still three-quarters of the spark towards the end of the season like there is at the beginning, that's so much better for all the people also putting money into the sport, right? So then right. maybe then – and I don't know. Again, I don't put money into the sport in the sense of what these guys do, the marketers that are millions of dollars into the sport. Maybe that gives them like, whoa – our dollar lasts longer, right? Because it's not just the first four races. Even though we're in here the whole season, it, it's really the first four races where we're getting our money's worth. You know, maybe it makes, it, it, they, they can say that more uh, if more eyes are on the TV, if more eyes are paying attention to YouTube as these videos are coming out, then that makes it more valuable to people that are then, investing in this in an advertising sense to the sport which then makes feld more
1: money which we can only hope one day makes you the riders more we money we can only hope that's every <laughs> rider's prayer let me tell you yeah. that's a whole another discussion though but you know I, I i agree because you know like you said let's say let's say they did it how arena cross does it with the last 5 races compared to where you know supercross doesn't do now so in the last 5 races Pretty much everybody says, okay, Dungey's got this pretty much wrapped up unless something just absolutely crazy happens. If they do do the reset, you're going to have your guys who are in the the lower part, as in, you know, not the lower part, but top Mm ten, you know, your Bogle, your Weimer, um, Anderson, those guys are going to probably get a little more sparked up. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, everybody, anytime you get on the gate, you still want to go win. You still want to do your best. But if they have that sense of man, if I if I go put in some rides, I could, I could do better in points or even win this thing. Yeah, it's like
0: they <laughs> might have been.
1: In- it's almost like a you know, it's a season reset essentially. Yeah. Um, far far as for the sport goes, it it definitely would draw some more interest because it's something we we haven't done yet, other than an arena cross. Right. <clears throat> Which arena cross, even though is already a pinnacle of the sport, it's it's starting to grow even more and get more respect. So I feel if Supercross did that, they would get some more outside people watching maybe. Right. Because they'd be like, oh, there's a reset in points like NASCAR. Huh, let's let's check it out. Oh, like NASCAR. Like NASCAR, I mean. But these guys actually go right. Yeah. Like they turn right left and up and down and all
0: around. We could only hope that people would realize that going more than just left would be interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. If you you go turn on your TV and you go watch Formula 1, NASCAR, MotoGP, and all that. And then you watch Supercross, Supercross blows it out of the water. And I and I say this with respect because all those other sports are great and all those guys are gnarly. But Supercross is so gnarly and people don't give it the respect it deserves. Yeah. And I mean, even just you know, like John said, it's so much different being on that track compared to looking at it in the stands. And Yeah, just the track walks
0: I've done like at the Dallas a couple of times, I mean, it blew my mind.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the, it's so much more exciting to watch to me than NASCAR. And even though NASCAR is great and those guys are still essentially athletes and out there putting their lives online, I mean, Supercross is exciting to watch. Yeah. And I don't know why we don't have more of – why it's not as bigger than NASCAR yet. One thing yet. that
0: I've heard some people talk about is the relatability of riding a dirt bike to driving a car. Like, everybody drives a car. So they kind of like they can say, oh, that guy's going 220 miles an hour. I know what 80 to 100 feels like in my car. So holy crap, that's fast. Right. Like, there's the mental relation to how tough it is of what those people are doing. We're riding a motorcycle. There's very few people out there that are layman's in the sense of, uh, of not racers like us, right you know me at my level they compare still, it to, to like, maybe
1: riding a harley it's kind of <laughs> yeah
0: it's kind of they don't have that relation to to equate of how difficult it is just to ride a dirt bike fast anywhere yeah like regardless of track regardless of trails anyway you know, like, and, and to ride so, it
1: for a period of time fast right, not, not two, just yeah. one two laps right out there so
0: that that and that that makes sense to me that 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 could be one of those things that's just tough for our sport in the sense that we do something that 90% of the other people out there don't do. And And so they may enjoy (laughs) the fun Monster Energy Girls, fireworks aspect of Supercross, but that's it. You know, right. and they enjoy watching people race motorcycles, but they don't—they don't they don't, they get don't, what they don't make that it. mental relation, right. Like a lot of the NASCAR fans do, or right. what we—I guess—is in this discussion. The assumption is, right, of, of why NASCAR might be such a, uh, you know, a large draw to certain laymen's,
1: right? And so going back to the points thing, I think it would—I think it would spark up some, yeah. some 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 talk and and more outside people would probably. Be like, huh, you know, that's pretty interesting that they're trying to to follow a little bit of what NASCAR does, in a sense. So I think it would be something – it would definitely, like I said, it would get sparked. People would be interested, and I feel like, you know, like you said, towards the end of the season, um, it would re-spark the fans. There would probably be – you know, not that the turnout's down any. But I definitely don't think it would it would hurt it. I think it would help it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's say let's say the fans that go to Vegas. Essentially, they when they go to Vegas. I mean, Dungy had done been crowned champion, and the Lights Riders. You know, they pretty much knew. You know, these guys are probably going to end up winning if they have a decent night. If they went in thinking, who's we don't have a clue who's going to be the champion. Right. We don't know if Dungey's going to be champion, Roxanne's going to be champion, Anderson's going to be a champion. Who knows? I feel like that would bring in more people to the last five races. Oh, yeah. Than what is already there. And like you said, a lot of people, they're still going to get a big crowd no matter what because it is super cross. It's still awesome. There's still the big pit experience. Everybody's going to want to go. But it would, I agree, I think it would bring in a little more if they did a reset in the points. As far as the riders I guess go. It's to see, yeah. As far as the riders go, I I mean, I don't know if it was me. You know, if I if I let's if I was in Dundee's position where I had worked all year to to, to be in that point lead and have that gap to be a champion and then essentially have it all taken away and have to restart, I probably wouldn't be happy about it at all. But you have your guys like Roxon who came on strong late.
0: Right. He would be he, he would have been all
1: for it. He'd yeah. have voted for it, definitely. So you know, it's gonna it's gonna work and benefit for some people, and not for the others.
0: Yep. And the people that don't like it, they can go start their own. Uh, they can go start their own league, right?
1: Yeah, that won't happen. Uh, so
0: we did get a little bit from the chat room. So here it was. So Thad Thad Duval, who actually wound up mm-hmm. third in the, in the GNCC, was leading at the white flag. Then Strang took it six at the six mile, and then uh, Caleb Russell passed Josh, or just outside about 300 yards. Wow,
1: 300 yards, three football fields.
0: Right. How much does that suck?
1: Man, I tell you what, talking about a touchdown. Ooh, but so there's t- a
0: good question. Yeah, <laughs> I heard you. I heard you. Uh, so, from again from the chat room, uh, do you mostly practice um, on like normal moto tracks or do you do a lot of more supercross style specific uh, <clears throat> practice?
1: During uh, arena cross and supercross season, I stay pretty specific on riding a arena cross supercross style track um you know i do have my days during during the season where i might need to go ride a day outdoors almost almost just like to clear your head a little bit (laughs) yeah i bet you know because arena cross and supercross i mean it, it can get frustrating riding so much sometimes so Um, But for for the most part, you know, this year I I didn't touch an outdoor track the whole season, you know, because I had no plans of racing outdoors at the moment. Um, Now at this time I am training on outdoors and getting ready for a call maybe. But I I put all my focus into riding Supercross and Arena Cross this year. So, yeah, I just spent my time on those tracks and practicing. And, you know, something that's interesting some people might not know is I don't like riding a full blown full scale supercross or arena cross track to practice on. Hmm. It you know, it really ups your risk factor quite a bit riding that. I can already ride those tracks because I race on them. Right. I ride a track that I find, I put a good set of whoops on it, a rhythm section that's that's challenging but safe and good corners because that's essentially what you're going to get. What you're going to get. So, I don't you know, like the track I rode on this year, we didn't make it super, super technical. Where if you made one mistake, you could end your season. We made it safe, and but we made it really good practice. So you know, some guys, you know, they might like riding the the full blown technical tracks. Um, for me, I get better practice out of riding a track that I can go ride and practice on, and and where I can I know you're gonna where walk I can away learn <laughs> where I can learn on it. Because you know, I still got a lot to learn. Right. But where I can learn on it. All in the same time as if I get in a situation, I can probably get myself out of it. Right. I like so. that. I like that. <laughs> well, what would
0: be maybe one or two things we didn't touch on, if there's anything? Um, maybe
1: the traveling, what it privateers.
0: Because mm, you're always in extremely uncomfortable situations.
1: Most of the time. I mean, I drove to all the races this year in, in my van, a.k.a. the Van Mergini. The Lamborghini, the Van Um, but I drove to all the ra- I drove to all the East Coast races um, on my own. I drove to Ohio by myself. I drove all those races by myself. Um, the West Coast rounds, I had a buddy. Um, He's actually a filmer, ninety-two Cinema. He he actually called me the, the, I think sixteen hours, ten hours before I was leaving, and said, "Hey, I'll go with you." because I was going to drive the whole west coast, you know, California, Washington, Utah, Idaho, all that by myself. And anyway, so that that went up having good somebody help me drive, but I mean, it, it's really stressful and a lot of people don't don't realize, you know, you spend a lot of time, you know, driving to the race, and getting there, but you don't another thing is we got to drive there earlier. Yeah. Where the top guys get to fly in the day before the race. So they've had all week to rest, train, do whatever. And not only that, be at home and eat properly. Yeah. When you're on the road, you gotta you kinda gotta what's the word I'm looking for? You gotta make it work. Yeah. You know, you can't go to McDonald's and, and if you do gotta stop somewhere fast, you gotta you gotta say, Okay, well I, I can't eat that, but I can eat your chicken, so give me a chicken, no bun, just lettuce. Whatever it may be. Yeah. Or just find a Chipotle. That's what I did. That's, I tried to find as many Chipotle as I, I could. That's what I do most
0: of the time, too, like
1: in those situations. That was my place. So if I Chipotle kind of like is watching, bread, I gave you a lot so. of business this year, and I, I will still continue to. If But I could you use a couple burrito cards. cards. Yes. So, anyways. But, yes, you know, and, and the eating, you know, it's, it's tough. Trying to eat eat ride and drive and and travel and train and ride i mean it's it's a lot you know the week i went to california i didn't get to ride or train at all because i was driving getting all my stuff ready everywhere and but not only that when you get there you're tired so you can't you can't go wear yourself out training and then go race tired yep so you you get there and you're like all right i gotta rest because i race tomorrow so it, it's really yeah. tough
0: we made a 36 hour drive from dallas to boise <laughs> Um, to go do one of the iste qualifiers up there like in 2012 that was brutal like yeah. i like i won't do it again like ever oh i i like, we drove
1: back from washington horrible, from the top of washington almost at the border of canada to to dallas and i was we we only stopped for for water or for for fuel and food and that was it we drove the whole thing i was that was a beating but you know another thing is you know your bike work I mean you don't you don't usually have a garage to do it in I mean we had a the one time Arena Cross went outdoors in the history of Arena Cross it was a mud race <laughs> so the next day in the hotel parking lot we had to, to frame the bike and do all the bike work in in a hotel parking lot you know with with a table and the central tools that you can carry you know yep. so you know it's very stressful and there's there's a lot of stuff that people don't see or know you know they just they see us on the weekend and think we just magically appear there just like McDonald's you know you don't ever see them getting built they just they They're just show up they just they just show up there so but yeah there there's a lot to it and it's very stressful and um but you know it was a great year i met a lot of good people and i had a lot of great people helping me out and i'm definitely looking forward to next year though i learned a lot and i have a lot of stuff that i learned Hell, yeah and a lot of confidence going into next year so uh, I'm going to be more prepared. Um, this time, I think I might actually have some time to do some testing. So as long as everything goes well, and we will uh, we'll be out there in 2017 trying to, get it, trying to get the job done. I wasn't able to do it this year and get the title in the West Coast, but next year, uh, I'm going to get it done.
0: Awesome. Saying
1: it now. Claiming it.
0: It's happening, bitches. Well, cool. Well, obviously, we really appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show. It's always fun to have local texans that are doing what they love and when that fits into doing what they love and dirt bikes it makes it even that much the better yes it's definitely fun having you on it was good talking to john short too because you guys traveled last year obviously you guys are you guys are bromancers now so (laughs) it's that much more uh interesting if you will to kind of to chat on that but so if you guys want to hear more from Cheyenne, let us know. Obviously, he's going to be getting ready to do is, 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 any outdoors if that comes up. But uh, if not, you know, we're going to get him on the show and chat more about dirt bikes and all that kinds of stuff. But, again, you've been watching Seat Time. So. I need to
1: thank some of my sponsors. Oh, you do thank, it. You thank your sponsors. It's my turn. Your turn. <laughs> I like it. No, I, but like I said, it was a great year. and had a lot of great people helping me out, and I'm very blessed, you know. Um, I just can't. I, without the Lord, Jesus, I don't feel like any of it would happen. I just kept my faith there and it came through and, uh, Todd at Shawnee motor company really came through the car dealership here in Dallas. Helped me out. Um, justified clothing, uh, Dundee and Kevin are awesome. Really helped me out. And you know, they sponsored John too. Uh, strict gear. Uh, they're from Canada. Um, they've really helped me out. Canada. Uh, st- stuck behind me, you know, them and justified stuck behind me last year after, you know, not so great year and, I can't thank them enough for that and believing in me and uh, CD boots and Scott goggles, um, deaf family gloves. Um, you got to
0: meet Nate Adams, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I got to hang out with Nate while we were in California. He's a really cool guy, really cool guy. And, um, you know, it's it's an honor to be a part of the deaf family. And um, so I'm very stoked on that. Um, Ty over at KTM stepping up for me and helping me out this year. And the guys over at Skip Cycles and uh, my buddy Jeff Long for for always having my back and Man, there's just so many people, and I'm trying to sit here and think of them. But, you know, Yoshimira helped me out. Um, Gal for Breaks, They stepped up and helped me out. And uh, FAF Printing helped me out with some graphics this year. And uh, Great Graphics, check them out. And, you know, just all my family and friends and, and my girlfriend and everybody who supported me and been behind me. Um, you know, like I said, last year was a rough year. And, you know, it had been very easy to write me off. So I'm just thankful for all those people. And, uh, Raleigh helmets and 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 oh, I also want to thank the K one speed, um, BWR engines team. Yeah, They for, just opened
0: K one speed just opened up a, a location around here. Didn't they?
1: Yeah. Well, they had one in Arlington, but they just opened up one here in Richardson. Oh, oh so Richardson. that's all a new right. one, but I want to thank them. They gave me an opportunity to do the supercrosses. I did. Is that the Honda that you got a chance to run? Yes, sir. Okay. all right. So, um, definitely big shots. Those guys, they've always been really cool with me and helped me out. And so I'm very thankful for them. And, uh, and race tech suspension and um chance barfield um with summit roofing you know helped me out a lot and chris thompson with cgr racing and i feel like i'm still forgetting people but uh, y'all don't, y'all know who you are and i'm i'm just very thankful for everybody helped me out and you know hopefully next year we'll uh we'll go get it done again
0: i like it Well, you're gonna have fun out there if nothing else oh, yeah. getting that chase points done somebody wants me to share the wealth of my beer i will not even though it is American Craft Beer Week. So I decided to not discriminate and give a Coors Light and a local craft beer because it's all beer, and I like it, and I'm a beer drinker. But So coming up, we've got the Cherokee National Enduro this weekend. we going to be over there in Georgia, and then the John Pinton uh, GNCC coming up on May 28th. Of course, this has been Seat Time. This is the online show for the offered Enthusiast, enthusiasts, the beer-drinking binge show that brings you all the good times. On the internet. I'm your host, Brian Pierce. You can find me at Woody B. Pierce on the internets and social bits. What's your thingy? At C
1: Harmon 645. That's that's my Instagram and Twitter. And then Facebook's just Cheyenne Harmon. Cheyenne Harmon. Hmm. Yes.
0: Okay. But of course, uh, huge, huge thanks to sponsors here at C Time Fly Racing at flyracing.com, Kindertire USA at Kindertire.com, and SRT Offroad at SRTOffroad.com. We don't like to change it up because that just gets confusing. Of course, Seatime, you can find us online. Seatime.co is the website. We're on Facebook. facebook.com slash Seatime. On Twitter, it's at Seatime underscore CO. On Instagram, at Seatime. And remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome. You have exactly, well, maybe not exactly, but you have about two hours and 40 minutes left to go buy your pint full of awesome shirts. After that, Be gone for the year. You may get a chance next year to buy more of them. If not, sorry, thanks for playing. Seven days, it's the way we work. you got three more months, and we'll have another shirt out for the quarter three. This will be a good time. Remember.